awesome. Hey, talo falava, talo hani, uh, kia ora, and a special uh, whakalofa lahiatu uh, to everyone uh, who's listening uh, or watching today. Hey, family, uh, welcome back to the Fresh Truth uh, podcast uh, with me, uh, the Uso Ronji Tanielu, and also with the Uso Kanan Ene. Uh, I love what the psalmist says in Psalm 113, verse 3. Uh, when he says, from the rising of the sun uh, to the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. And so we praise the Lord for his goodness, uh, his grace and his mercy. Family, this is our second show. Dun, 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 dun. We don't have the effects yet. We can't afford the effects, Robert. But this is our second show and we're blessed to have with us a very, very special guest today, uh, Dr. Robert Siakimoto. Uh, Robert, whakalofalayatu. Whakalofalayatu. Uh, great to have you, brother. Uh, Robert's going to be speaking on a topic topic called Unashamed of the Gospel in today's podcast. And Brother Robert, could you just give us a really short, a very short snippet or a taster of what we're going to uh, what we're going to learn today? And, and I have a basic question for you. It's a big question, but a basic one. And the question is, what does it mean for you to be unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, um, there is certainly a, a short answer and a long answer to that. But let me give you the, the shorter version from my perspective, and that is uh, the gospel is the good news. And if we have something good uh, to talk about, um, we don't need to hide it. So if, that, if the message of the gospel is the good news that we can share with people, we shouldn't be ashamed awesome. of sharing with people. Now, I may not, I'm, I'm not in a position to control how people react and respond to that message, but it still doesn't change the fact it is the good news of Jesus Christ that's why we shouldn't be ashamed of sharing it with people. Well, family, you've heard that short taster about the topic, and hopefully it's, it's, uh, it's pricked your ears, it's sparked your thinking, it's maybe even pricked even your conscience and your heart. And so if you want to hear or learn more, please stay tuned, uh, family, to the podcast. But before we go back to Robert, I just want to quickly explain what this podcast is about. Uh, it's called Fresh. Fresh is our, uh, goes back to our Pacific or our Polynesian background or context. But it's also called truth. And truth represents the fact that we are passionate for biblical truth and God's word. Fresh Truth is a group of Bible-believing Christians from Pacific Island or Polynesian uh, backgrounds. But we live in South Auckland. Uh, no matter what people say about South Auckland, we are passionate about where we come from. But more than that, we love God's word. We love sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus to others. And we love standing up for biblical truth in our local neighborhoods, our families, our communities and our nation. And we hope to provide, Robert, biblical answers to some of the major questions that are facing our society today, some of the major trends around politics or uh, social justice or the economy. And so we hope to give these answers from that Polynesian context, that Polynesian background, but also from a biblical perspective. So now we know about the heart of this podcast, let's go back to the most important person of the podcast today, and it's our guest, uh, Robert. Look, Robert, I want to acknowledge I've been a bit of a fanboy of yours. You know, you've been like a superstar for me growing up as a young Christian. And, I, and I'm not, not saying you're an idol, but I'm just saying I've always been inspired and encouraged and blessed to see this fearless New Wayan man from Mangere boldly preaching Christ in the public spaces and in churches. So let's learn a bit more about you, brother. So mm -hmm. the first question, uh, could you introduce yourself again, your full name and maybe um, where those names come from and maybe you want to add in your family as well, your wife and your family? Yes, my name is Robert Siokimoto. Um, I am Niwayan by birth. Uh, 
Uh, it is my mother and my father's fault that I'm Niwayan. Uh, okay. So, um, Shout out to all the Niwayans <laughs> that are listening there. And uh, I come from a, a family that, um, uh, a, a, a God-fearing family because my parents uh, were faithful or uh, ministers of mm. a of a church. Uh, they were missionaries. In fact, they were trained in Samoa, in Malua Theological College. I didn't know um, that. My father became a Christian after three years being a lay preacher or a minister uh, of uh, of the church, which is at that time known as the um, Congregational Church of Niue, then became now known as the Niue Kalesia. Okay. Um, but he was led to the Lord later on in his life uh, by a, uh, a Island, uh, sorry, a, a New Zealand um, um, missionary to Niue. He was also a legal advisor for the Niue government. Uh, his name is Dr. Maru Chek from okay. Te Congregational Church. So he had gone from they had gone back from Samoa back to Niue at this yes, time, obviously. No, but, but just be, be, you know, before they went to Samoa. So he went into to, to uh, Malu a Theological College as a, a born again Christian, wow. uh, and thank God he left Malu a Theological College. He's still a born again Christian, mm. very evangelical and uh, filled with the Spirit. Uh, because I know there's, there there are others who left Malu with uh, a different philosophy altogether than what they went into. You know what, Robert? There might be another whole nother podcast there because I think we would all have a lot of opinions about some of our theological colleges, but it's a great yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. So my mum and dad, you know, um, my dad died uh, when, you know, he there was there were still ministers of a, a church in the way this, and my mother died nearly two and a half, nearly three years ago. Uh, so I had, I had a tremendous upbringing. The legacy that was given, the pass on to us. I'm uh, number 13 of our family. There are 13 of us children. Um, wow. And for a lot of people, mainly our Palangi friends, when I mentioned 13 children, most of them will say, as you said a few minutes, a few seconds ago, wow, how they managed to do that. Uh, I don't know, but... Um, no TV, are. no TV in the no islands TV, at that yeah. time. Yep. It could be the it could be the answer yep. to having uh, a lot of children and good yep. children as well. Uh, all of us. So I'm number thirteen of of us, the last in the in the family. And um, you know, it's a it's a, a tremendous blessing to be raised in a to be born and raised into a uh, a Christian family mm-hmm. and uh, to be brought up in. The Bible is important to us. Not that my father and mother forced it on us. But it was very important in terms of our daily living, in terms of decisions making, um, what, uh, how to guide us as as children mm. growing up. It's um, an interesting word you mentioned, legacy, eh, Robert? It remind, reminds me of Timothy yes. and his legacy in the faith, eh, yeah. from his mother and grandmother. So uh, I wish there was more of that happening in our families today, but it's a good challenge. It's certainly a tremendous privilege because a lot of people reckon that being brought up in a Christian family is such a drag. But but uh, I believe it's an honour, it's a privilege uh, to be brought up in a in a Christian family like mine. So um, I'm married to one wife and one uh, wife, one for now. Yeah, one for <laughs> yeah, one wife. Just Canaan, make sure one wife. Okay, I just want to make sure he knows that. And uh, we have four 
uh, amazingly blessed uh, children. We one of our our daughter, our eldest daughter, has been promoted and changed her dress mm. uh, to the presence of God. And but uh, we have now three: uh, Dean and his wife Shireen, of course, and their young son Noah. Um, we, then we have Richie and his wife uh, Kezia, um, and also Joanna and Reed. So that is our immediate family. Uh, so. It is, a, it is a tremendous blessing to be involved in the ministry of the gospel. To, it, it, it's a privilege. It's a challenge mm. at the same time. But it's a privilege to be called by God to do what we are doing right now. Praise um, the Lord. And we want to hear more of that in, in terms of that ministry because I think we're going to really unpack that. Robert, so where in New Zealand do you live? We live in Mangere. Can you say uh, that again? In Mangere? Yes, that is the capital of the universe, just in case you're <laughs> listening. But um, some of you might hate on that, but that's okay. So you live in Mangere? You've always lived in Mangere when yeah, you came to New Zealand? We've always lived in Mangere. And I said this morning when I was preaching at church, the only other move that we will make is uh, to heaven. Uh, less less uh, hassle and uh, less worry because we don't have to take anything with us. Amen, amen. So the next move that we make, I say to my wife, is is not to anywhere or anywhere else, it's to glory. So Cool. Yeah. And so, um, Robert, just for the listeners that don't know, so your wife, Lisa, is She Fijian? is Fijian. Yep. She's from Fiji. We met at a uh, Bible college when I was doing some theological training in Lotoka in Fiji at the Fiji College of Theology and Evangelism. I did that for three years. Lisa did for two years. Um, after that, we got married, of course, and then we went and did one year in Niue with okay. the Niue Ecclesia. Uh, that is part of, uh, you know, giving back to uh, the Niue Ecclesia who sent us to the school, oh, of course. So we worked with the Niue Ecclesia for a period of about 12 months. Okay, Canaan wanted me to ask, was it love at first sight? Because he's a very, Canaan's a very romantic young man. And so he wanted to say, was it love at first sight for you and, and Lisa? In fact, uh, to be perfectly honest, we have uh, very little to do with each other when we first saw each other. Uh, but... Um, you know, to me, it's no longer a Bible college. It's called a bridal college. Bridal college, yes. Yeah, so, uh, but as time goes along and, and close contact, uh, do a lot of great things if you're going to get to know the people that you're going to be, you know, your partner for life, uh, if I can put it that way. Sure. So, so we met at a Bible college in Fiji and... It has, we haven't looked back. Brilliant. Robert, um, uh, you, the listeners might have heard, I called you doctor at the start of this. And so um, could you tell us a little bit about why I called you doctor? Where does, where does that come from? So, and my, my doctor was really uh, focusing on missiology. Uh, and and I that's, did, a, that's a big word, Robert. It, it, what's, it, what's is, the, a, it yep. is a big word. It's to do with missions, missions. sharing the gospel, um, why the gospel is important. In terms of uh, and 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 how we can effectively share the gospel in this generation. So, I did a lot of research mm. on, but based very much on on OAC as as a ministry, which is open open air campaigners, or now known as the OAC Ministries. Mm. It, it's a ministry that take the gospel to where people happen to be. So instead of us waiting for the people to come to listen to us. We take the gospel to where they are. That's what OAC is about. So my studies was really to do with things, uh, topics such as why is OAC mm. still um, effective today? What is the key to OAC ministries longevity? Because a lot of evangelistic ministries today has come 
and also they have gone very quickly. All those type of topics, but mainly also on how, what are the methods that OAC is using today that is still relevant. Mm. The methods of, because we all know that the gospel will never change. It must be anchored to the rock, and that is Christ. Amen. But the methodology needs to be reviewed again and again and again because it's, to me, it's, it's, it, it's, it's not right to continue doing the same stuff. Mm. If it is not working, we need to be ready to change that. So OAC's method is what I also do some research and why it continues to be relevant and effective in reaching people with the message of Jesus Christ. Awesome. We're going we're gonna to learn a bit more about OAC's uh, ministry. And I actually read your doctoral thesis. I remember you sent mm-hmm. it to me, and I read through it, and it was quite encouraging. And I think that point that you mentioned about the method, the message always remains sacred. Yeah. Hey, the message of the gospel is absolutely critical, but the methods change over time and even with things like podcasts and videos and these kinds of things these are different methods that this generation obviously is using to share the goodness of the gospel of Jesus Christ so yes. there's things that we can learn from the past but there's a lot of things also where we can see the innovation and creativity of God's people today so yep. praise the lord so do, do i have to call you dr robert or can no, i just you call you to. you don't have to okay okay just wanted to check cuz I feel very formal there. Okay, Rob, we're going to move to this thing called the Fresh Truth Five. Okay, see, these are, these are five basic questions uh, that we want to, we've heard about your family, your beautiful wife, Lisa, uh, your, your upbringing, uh, you living in the capital of the universe. Those were your words, not my words. I don't know, but those kinds of things. So we're going to get some other really simple questions so that people can understand who you are. So first, first uh, Fresh Truth Five question is this, what's your favorite food? It'll be. It'll have to be taro and, and raw fish. Do yeah. you make the raw fish yourself? I make the raw fish myself. A lot safer if you make it. Very uh, good, Robert. I see on Facebook sometimes that you do umu at your house. Yes, we but do. I, but I've never been invited or texted. I'm just. Uh, none of us have. I mean, it's it's a little bit sad. <laughs> well, it, we do a lot of umu, and uh, and I like that, of, of course, and and I like cooking uh, with uh, and eating my own. Food Your own cooking. Okay. Yeah. So we expect an invite for the next one. So okay, Carlo <laughs> and raw fish, very good. Robert, next question on the fa- on the fresh tree five. What's your favorite sport? Favorite sport have to be rugby. Okay. And did uh, you play when you were growing up? And I used to play in growing up and uh, suffering a little bit now in terms of the aching joints and pains. Okay. Because when I was playing, of course, they just you know when you were hurt, it does have this what they call a magic spray. In the way, it's no longer magic. It's just a, a bottle of water, and they call it magic spray. Put it on your ankle and say, "Go and die for the village." Yeah, I'm dying Go, for the village right now. Die for your village. Okay. <laughs> Die for your village. That's a good one for the listeners out there. Next question there, Fresh True 5. What music do you listen to? Well, I love the music of people like Keith Green in terms of a contemporary Christian music, but also um, music of people like Jim Reeves and uh, Elvis Presley. Could you give us a few Elvis songs later on? Well, I'm not too sure. (laughs) Okay, we'll see how we go. See See how we're going with time with the podcast. Very good. Rob, I wanted to ask a question um, around music. Do you know of um, Christian good, good Christian gospel music in the New Wayne language? Yes, there are, there are some. Um, I know that I have a nephew who have composed 
uh, and also cousins and nieces who have composed New Wayne songs, mm. um, gospel songs, that is. Uh, but there's nowadays there's a lot of 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 what we call religious um, songs that go together with the the songs to do with the the newer lifestyle and the newer the life, culture yeah, and the those culture. things. Okay. So there's a lot of mixture in in, in nowadays, but there's certainly. Yeah, certainly New Wayne songs with a gospel focus. Brilliant. Well, hopefully we can link to some of that. Next question, Robert, what's your favourite movie? Favourite movie has to be Die Hard. Um, which one? Like, there's like which, 27 <laughs> versions of Die Hard now. It's the Die Hard 29. I like, I like, I like the first version yeah, yeah. because by the time the others came around, you, you seem to uh, work out or look ahead already before it came. What's going to happen? That's right. But I like that. Uh, it's well, maybe a lot of people say, "Well, he's not a Christian to so like those type of movies called Die Hard." There's a very famous line in that movie, but we won't say that here because eh? there's a, a few swear words in that line. So, but in terms of a, a Christian, let me balance that out. <laughs> Okay, balance is good. Balance is good. Balance it out by saying the next other good movie that I really like is an old, old favorite of mine. It's called The Ten Commandments. Yep, and um, and I like I like the accuracy of the movie and and those who write it has some you know biblical grounding in order to write what was said in the Ten Commandments. Of course, Kanan, have you seen Die Hard? I just know that it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. It's a yeah, it's a very good Christmas <laughs> movie, and it's got some Christmas words in there. That's Thank you, true. Kenny. Yeah, that's true. So, so, see, see, family, if you're listening, we're educating you on the good music, like Jim Reeves <laughs> and Elvis Presley and Die Hard. Don't listen to all that mumble rap stuff, that rubbish that you guys are listening. I can't stand it. Anyway, that's my time. Last question of the Fresh True Five is this: Other than Jesus Christ, who's your favorite character in the Bible? It will have to be Moses. Ooh. Yeah, Connect, that's um, connected to your Ten Commandments. There you go. It, yeah, it, it has to be Moses, and, and I, I strongly believe outside Jesus, Moses would have been the been the, the the greatest leader mm. uh, ever known in terms. You know, imagine leading approximately two to three million people through that wilderness, and have a close connection with God. Was an awesome privilege. Mm. I, I and. And not only that, but to see how um, he, he, he revere God. Not mm-hmm. only that, but also realize that he's a human being who loses his temper many a times. But God is gracious with Moses. Mm. And Moses is willing to say, you know, Lord, this is your people. Mm. Um, and, and he got to do so. You know, outside the Lord Jesus, it has to Moses. be Moses. Yeah. Yeah, and I was just reading through Leviticus and, and Numbers about Moses' life, and I found it fascinating with the fact that Aaron and Miriam, his own brother and sister, even rebelled against him at different times. Eh? The right. closest advisors that he had um, rebelled against him. So that's a great character. I'm not saying that you, Canaan, will rebel against us as, an, as a close advisor. Do you, do you think you would? No, definitely not. I'm, okay. not. I'm not in the Bible, so. Not, okay, okay, okay. We'll, we'll pray about that, Kenan. So now we've learned a bit more about who Robert is. Uh, we've learned about his family, about his new way and upbringing, about the, the legacy of faith. That's a beautiful message that you shared about the legacy of faith, and I think that's a wonderful challenge and encouragement to parents out there, to grandparents. But we've also learned about um, some really um, uh, fun things to learn about Robert, his favorite food, his even though he doesn't invite Samoans to um, his umu, uh, but he does. Uh, cook umu, but that's all right. We will forgive him. 
that he was the former captain of the New Air rugby team uh, and his music and his movies and so on. So, look, family, you've heard a little bit about who Robert is. He's touched on some of the ministries that, that he's talked about. And so in the next little section um, of, of the podcast, we're going to really dive into that, those questions around the gospel uh, and around being unashamed of the gospel and some challenges around that. So, family, we ask you to stay tuned. We're going to have a short break, and then we'll come back to you very, very soon. Awesome. Hey, uh, thank you for the two and a half people that are still listening to the podcast. Um, hopefully it turns up to three and a half people. Uh, thanks, family, for listening and for watching. Uh, we've sort of heard a little bit about um, our, our special guest already this uh, today, uh, Dr. Robert Siakimotu, and we've heard about his background. But now we're going to get into the into the the guts of why we're here today, which is a topic called uh, being unashamed of the gospel. And that's a big uh, topic, and Robert's given us a taster. Uh, but we're going to um, dive into some of these questions and we're going to see uh, this man's heart as he, um, as he unfolds uh, some of these key things and also uh, tells, a couple of, tells, tells us a couple of stories. So, Robert, the first question I have for you in this, uh, and again, we could spend hours on this, but, uh, but the basic question is, what is the gospel message? It's, uh, the gospel message, is, it's, um, we can talk about a lot of things when it comes to answering that question. But to me, the simple answer is the gospel message is a person. Mm-hmm. And it's a person of Christ. Um, so in other words, when it comes to understanding the gospel, we need to know that it is, it is not just you know, ink and paper or what we read from the Bible. Sure, the Bible is, is there to tell us and, and explain and expand what the gospel is. But the, to me, the gospel is embodied in one person and his name is Jesus Christ. That's why Paul says, of course, in Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. What he's simply saying is, for I am not ashamed of Christ Jesus. Mm. And uh, so if we are to share, if we are to believe the gospel, we're not believing in, in, in a formula as such. We're not believing in the you know the set of certain rules to make it there. Sure. We're believing in a person who is living and alive, who died, uh, as the, the Bible says so in 1 Corinthians 15, was buried and on the third day rose again. So all of those events point to that important character of history, and that is Jesus Christ. So the gospel that Paul was talking about is a person called Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's a brilliant answer, Robin. I love how you unpack the whole idea that it is in the person of Christ. But we're not talking about the just the person of Christ as a human and just the person of Christ as the, the, the second part of the triune God. This is the who Christ is together, right? That he yes. is fully man and fully God. Yes, that's correct. who we confess in. Amen. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And because he said, the Father and I are one. Amen. So we're, we're talking about that Christ who is both man and God. Now, a lot of people might find it difficult to chew that over and, and begin to understand that. But we'll see that more and more in the book of John, as, as you see the humanity side of Jesus, plus the, 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 the sovereign God side of, of Jesus Christ. Robert, you've shared uh, this gospel message. You've shared the person of Christ all over the world. And I, um, what one of the things that we wanted to do with this specific podcast is to really encourage 
and challenge Christians out there to be unashamed of the gospel. And you've, you've sort of mentioned this already, but I'll come back to it and, and maybe you can unpack more. Why do you think it's important to share this good news, this message? One, I, I believe it's, it's, it's because it's a command hmm. for us from God. And, and it's, it's, it's a command that's very clear in Scripture. Now, some people might take that as a legalistic perspective. But I believe it's important that as a Christian, I, I need to, to walk in obedience to God. And it is, you know, it's one, it's a, it's a command of the Lord. Number two is to realize that unless we share the gospel with people, there'll be very few people. Uh, there'll be a lot of people who never have the opportunity to hear at least once, sure. at least once of that message of hope in Jesus Christ. That's why, because the Bible says this in Romans, I believe, that says um, how you know faith comes by hearing mm. and hear. So the only way that faith can birth in people's lives is for them to hear the gospel. I know that there will be people who argue, say, "Well, I don't speak about the gospel, uh, but I live live it out." Yep. And 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 I said, "Well, that's great, but the two must. It's it's not one and forget the other. The two must go hand in hand. I need to share the gospel at the same time. In sharing the gospel, I must live according to mm. the demands." of the gospel and, and, and what the gospel says. So it's important in that fact that unless we share the gospel, very few people will have the opportunity of hearing. And, and, and I believe it's important that we share the pure gospel mm. of Jesus Christ because there are so many people today and there are so many religions who have claims that they have the right doctrines and the right words and the right teachings in terms of the gospel. And that's why it's important for us to speak up and share what the gospel is Very based good. on the biblical truth, based on what the Word of God says. Because I believe that the Word of God is not an end in itself. The Word of God leads me to know the living Word, and that is Jesus Christ. The Word of God explained to me what the gospel is and how I need to share that with others. But that Word needs to lead people to a living dynamic relationship with the living word who is Jesus Christ. Yeah, brilliant, Robert. That's a wonderful unpacking of why it's important to share. Robert, people might not understand um, your ministry and what happens in your ministry. And so I've seen it and I've been, um, I've been, I've joined you um, uh, several times in that ministry. And so could you explain to us how you share the gospel with people in the public? Yeah, it's, um, there are different methods of doing it, of course. My method is not the only method in the world. There are those, of course, for example, here, what we're doing here, using of the podcast, using of things like Zoom, and those are the methods of making sure that the message is carried to where mm. people happen to be, and especially in the environment where we are today. But the way that I share the gospel, there are different ways. For example, you know, I worked and shared the gospel with a lot of children and, and using ideas and things that help make the gospel simple mm. and clear to kids, but at the same time, make it fun. Because we all know today, of course, if, if children can be bored very quickly, they have so much available to them through television, through computers, devices, through cell, phones, all of that. Yep. So that's why we need to, to, to take the message that we have and see how can we 
take the simple message of the good news of Jesus Christ and, and make that relevant to kids. So we run things like children's program that is full of games and funs mm-hmm. and activities, but pointing them to the message of, of, of Christ. When it comes to personal evangelism at the flea market that you and I have got a lot of opportunity to work together, uh, that is just an opportunity for us to come alongside people and and just approach them and and I I, I like to use the questions of so and, and because in South Auckland we have a lot of church attenders and Cap- I often, capital of the universe is the churches isn't <laughs> and it? I often every ask, corner I often ask people you know do, do they go to church and from that lead the conversation into have you you know. Mm. Have you come to know the head of the church personally, who is Christ? And uh, and and it's interesting that people responded differently. Of course, if I if I'm in Queen Street, totally different kettle fish altogether. Mm. Why? Because full of university students during the daytime, and full of people who are going to the nightclubs at nighttime. So you really need to adopt to the situation that you're in, uh, and, and be flexible yeah, in how you're engaging with and the be public. flexible. And, and that's true. But one of the, to me, one of the important thing in our time today is for us to visualize our message. You and I are visual aid. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Your life and my life speaks very clearly to a lot of people. That's why at times when I say to to people that I work with on the street, please make sure that the people who may see you here also will may see you in a party, got drunk, and they will say, oh, his message doesn't really mean a so thing that's, already. That's about the integrity of us as exactly. believers, eh? not just when we're out there in public, but in our private lives as that's well. That's right. Yeah, and and sometimes we tend to forget that. Because it's important for us to share the gospel. At the same time, we got to live according to what the gospel says. When I um, when I was a non Christian um, last week, but we're not no, many years ago. I used to I was a bouncer at nightclubs, Robert, and so I was around. I was a non Christian and, and and living in a really dark space and time. But I would see all these Christians come to the nightclubs. And they were, and I would see them at university, and they were hard up, hands up in the air, praising the Lord. And then on the night, at night times, they were just as drunk and just as sleeping around as everyone else. And it, it never made sense for me. And that's yeah. what you're talking about. Yep, as exactly. Our lifestyle should match the gospel that we're preaching about. Exactly. And that's difficult, but that's yep. what it should be, right? Yeah. It is. It is certainly a challenge. And I'm not saying this to be judgmental on sure. people, but I believe it's important because. A lot of young people say to me on the street, even just recently as last week, uh, one guy said to me, he said, what's, you know, I, I go to church, I, I try to live a good life, what's the difference between that and your Christianity? And I, I said to him, I, I said, it's, it's, it, there's a lot of difference, because when Christ comes into my life, he changed, he changed my desire, my actions, the, the way I think, and then we need to live that out in the community where we are, because a lot of people are looking for something that is different. Absolutely. Something that, uh, and uh, it, it, it amazes me at times when people say, well, I believe in Jesus, I believe in God, but their lifestyle never changed. I read from the Word of God, people such as Zacchaeus, mm. people such as you know, the disciples of Jesus, the women who followed him. When they met Christ, they were never the same again. Right. They were never the same again. They, they have something that was different. The world desires it, and the world hates it because they know they have something that they, it is substance, 
and, 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 and hopeful as well. I always think of the Apostle Paul when I think about that, someone who was there killing and, and persecuting and murdering Christians, and he has this amazing encounter with God. He was called a wild boar of a man, mm-hmm. but his life absolutely changed. I love what you're talking about there, Robert. There must be a change. There must be a change, not just within our hearts, but also the way that we live our lives and walk out our lives um, every day. So it's true. Yeah, powerful stuff, Robert. You, you, where, where have you? Where in public do you usually go to preach the gospel and, and, and personal evangelism? Is it just marketplaces, or is it anywhere else? There, the marketplaces, the, uh, the 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 street down in Queen Street, um, Auckland Uni uh, doing lunch times, uh, or the Polytech in Otara. Wow. Um, What's it been like at Auckland Uni? Because Kanan and I were talking about this generation, these young people today, and some of the stuff that they're getting. I mean, what are you seeing with your generation, Kanan? And yeah, I sort of think that um, you know, growing up, street preaching was sort of like a noble thing in our Christian communities. But I even see that within uh, you know Christians at uni, we even ridicule it ourselves. You know, it's something that we're turned off by. Um, how how do you approach uh, uni students who have the sort of intellectual approach to Christianity. Um, the, the gospel message is, you know, Canaan is is a, is a simple message. Yeah, and I th- I believe we sh- we shouldn't try to complicate it by uh, trying to become too relevant that we lose the the impact of of that message. And and I I strongly believe this. Now, the methods we need to continue to review. But I believe it's important that we are faithful in preaching the gospel because the Bible says to me in Isaiah 55 that my word will not return to me void. And by faith, I speak the gospel in a way that is relevant. I don't have any power to change myself, let alone changing other people. Mm -hmm. But I believe that the Holy Spirit of God can do that. My role is to plant the seed of the gospel and maybe I'll be ridiculed. And in fact, at at uni, I was... Uh, and the good thing about the Auckland University, at times you get a free lunch. You get pieces of carrots and <laughs> yep, sandwiches yep, yep. thrown at you. But the the, the, the thing is that uh, one of the reasons I believe is because you're getting through to these people. That's right. And it's not a strange message. Many of them know that what you're talking about. Now, the conviction part of all of that is not my work. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. But I got to make sure that it's simple and clear so they don't have to stand before the Lord one day and say, well, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't know. I, nobody told me. And, and yet they heard the message as simple as clear. Now, let me give you one quick example on sure, this, Roger. Sure. Um, recently, I received an, an email from... Uh, someone that I met at the uni long time ago got involved in the politics here in New Zealand, and they and and the message was uh, the the message it, to cut a long story short um, says that I really appreciate the fact of meeting you again after so many years because at Auckland University when I was with PCF uh, the Pacific yep Oaks, yep you know, I was yeah. part of that group too <laughs> yep yep all all of that. You challenge me to put my faith and trust in Christ because she asked me the question at that time, is it okay for me to set aside my Christianity for four years to finish my studies at university and I'll pick up Christianity? And I said to her, Christianity, uh, no, Christ is not something that can take out like a coat. Yep. Christ lives in you. You can go through your studies, you can go through your career and still follow Christ, which is ab- absolutely important. So... 
uh, it's important that we continue to be faithful to that gospel because there are people like like that Very good. who come back to it and realize, hey, you know, um, I need to get my life back mm. on track with Jesus Christ. I, I love where Kenan was was heading to, and I love your answer, Robert. When Kenan was talking about the intellectual, hey, the, that when mm-hmm. university students you're going there to try and be intellectual. Eh? And one of the things that I've no, noticed going back to university, being involved in student ministry again with my wife, Bina, is that um, for a lot of Pacific young people, there's a big push by the lecturers to go back to the pre-colonial gods. Yes. Hey, Jesus is a white man's God. Jesus is a colonial God. The missionaries were evil people and all of that kind of stuff. And it always makes me think, and I don't know what Canaan's friends, I hope Canaan wasn't one of the ones throwing the carrots and the food at you, but it always makes me think, before the missionaries came, we were killing babies yeah. in our islands. We were uh, cannibals. Yeah. Hey, we were uh, multiple marriages, polygamy. Hey, and yeah. then the gospel came and it transformed. There's got to be a transformation yes. there. And and it's interesting seeing the uh, where our young people, our students are going and being sort of, I would say, deceived. Hey, and maybe indoctrinated by what's being taught at university. Are your friends getting some of that downloading? It's definitely a misleading. Yeah. Um, I think, but I think this is a much bigger topic than um, <laughs> yeah absolutely today. I mean we could talk for ages on you know colonialism and things like that we might need to bring Robert back and come from that angle as well but, but we'll yeah. call you doctor in that episode yes actually yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll call everyone doctor just to make us all feel good very good Robert I just want to move to this part about the ministry so how long have you been involved in this kind of ministry um, going approximately 30, oh, sorry, um, 41, 42 years now. So. And how old are you? 52 years old. So you've been I'm, doing it I'm for 60, most of oh, yes. I'm 63. 63. I'm so 63 for the majority of, of your life, you've been doing this work. Yes. yes right. And it's not just in New Zealand, right? So not just, just people, in New yeah. Zealand. So what other countries have you traveled to in this in service Con- of God? Countries like Ethiopia. Uh, and that's very interesting. Um, real challenge in terms because Ethiopia is in the Islamic State mm. as as you know of course but also countries like Rwanda who uh, I, I we, we got into Rwanda when uh, the genocide was you know when the country was just still recovering from the genocide and and the fallout and the collateral damage wow. because of that gen- genocide was huge especially in 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 the light of the gospel because there were people involved, as you look at the history of that genocide, who were church people, uh, but they were involved in all of this killing. killing okay. and, and also places like Russia and, um, and Cuba. Um, and, and, and I mentioned some of these places because sometimes it is, um, th- there's a lot of restrictions in Russia. But incredibly, um, they gave me a visa. They gave the others visas to get into the country. And, and you know, of course, Putin has really clamped down on the religious activities mm. in, in Russia. He's actually passed a bunch of laws that you exactly. can't worship outside of, you can't have church buildings in yeah. some in yeah. some states. So, yeah. so it is, but the, incre- the, the incredible thing was, was and, and this is where it's important to work with people in the country who knows and understand and also have some um, mana when it comes to looking at government issues like visas and permissions to do certain things. So in Russia, we work with the Baptist Union of Russia, who is closer to the Orthodox Church. Some of them uh, in the leadership 
are very close to the Orthodox Church of Russia, and especially in the high up in the leadership. And, and Putin, of course, is a regular church wow. attendee. And, and, um, and that's why, and he, he goes to the Orthodox Church. That's why the Baptist Union was able to get permission for people like me and others to work alongside. And in, in going into these countries, um, the, the, the greatest thing I believe which is very important, is for us to go in and equip the local Christians awesome. and work alongside them because we can resource them nowadays outside the country using the means of the, the podcast, the, you know, the Zoom, all of those yeah, things. The teaching materials. To, to teach yeah. them and train them. But to, to get the locals, of course, to, to realize, hey, this is an opportunity for them to be able to reach. And, and the interesting thing is that now the Baptist Union in, of Russia has um, planted a lot of churches, especially in the past seven years, wow. uh, in places like Kazakhstan, in places like Uzbekistan. Which are Muslim countries. Yeah, Muslim countries. Yeah. And, and also in Mongolia. Yeah. Um, a lot of churches have been planted by the Baptist Union. We are just part of that in uh, providing training in evangelism, and, and to, to, so that the evangelists can work alongside the church planters who are going. So, and in and, and Cuba, again, a tr- tremendous opportunity to work with these churches. Um, wow. Apart from that is uh, our, our countries in the Pacific here. So um, you, you, you go frequently to Fiji and the other Pacific Fiji islands, right? Yeah, and Samoa, Samoa yeah. and the Cooks and... And Vanuatu. I, I don't know how your your passport must. You must have like a million passports. So uh, is, yep. is Robert Yakimoto your real name? Because you might be travelling on other <laughs> false names and stuff. Robert, this you've been in this in this ministry for forty plus years. You've just told us. How do you support yourself? We're, we're supported. We're very grateful to to how God opened the the hearts of His people. Um, our local church, uh, which is the Onehanga Bible Fellowship. Very, uh, very supportive in prayer as well as financial support. Plus, um, there are individual Christians who um, believe that they can't go or be at the places that that I'm going to, but they can play a part in praying, which is absolutely important. Number two, they can also give practically or give financially to uh, support what we're doing. Praise the Lord for the body of Christ. Amen. Robert, so, um, but Lisa still works as well, eh? So yes, there's, yes, yeah, so yes. it's, it's a wonderful way that you've organized your family in, in terms of the ministry. Robert, this is a question I've been thinking about a lot. Can anyone share the gospel or should it just be for black belt, high level Christians like you and Canaan? Is it can any is it for every Christian to share the gospel? Is it just for the pastors, the missionaries, the evangelists? Every one of us, every born again Christian, uh, you know, it is our privilege, and I call it a privilege, even though it's a challenge for for some people, for us to share the gospel. Whether whether a person, in fact, the other day someone asked me, uh, you know, how often, you no, know, when should you know after you lead a person to Christ. When do you get them to go on the street? I said straight away. Amen. Straight away. Because to me, the, the excitement is still there. Sure, there's some raw, you know, and yep. some mistakes will happen. But the best way to disciple people is to take them with you on the street, help, you know, they may not do very much. 
They may not have much to say, but if they give out tracts, that's one way of discipling them. So anyone, whether it be a child, whether it be a, a, a young person, whether it be a married person, an old person, every one of us must take uh, the responsibility, I believe, to share the gospel with people. Which probably brings me to maybe the biggest question I've been thinking about is, why do you, th- if you're saying to us, that every Christian has the privilege, the responsibility to share the good news of Jesus. Why do you think so many Christians are hesitant or fearful to do so? There are a lot of reasons, but I believe that one of the important reasons that we can uh, look at and consider carefully is, um, is, to, is to do with our love for Christ. Now, if I say to my wife, I love you, that I must prove that by the way that I live to express that love, uh, my love for her. If I say I love Jesus, I must also learn to do as Jesus wants me to do and to live as Jesus wants me to live. Now, that's the first thing. It, it, it boils down to that. Do I really love Jesus as a Christian? And if I do, then one of the things that I can at least, the least I can do is to tell someone about their Jesus who loves not only me, but also loved them. Mm. Second part of that answer, which connected to each other, is to do with, do we really know what the gospel is? One of the, the, the professors that I read a lot and when I was doing my studies is, is a man called John Stott. John Stott is a theologian, a British theologian, of course, a great, fantastic Bible teacher. And he wrote a little booklet called Why We're Not Sharing Our Faith. And he was, he was speaking in the context of England, of, of Great Britain, why the British Christians are not sharing their faith. And he came up with those two things. One is because we have lost our love for Jesus. Number two is because we don't really know what the gospel is. And the challenge, he said, is this. Are we willing as pastors and evangelists and teachers in our churches to continue to preach the gospel, in mm. our, even in our churches, so that at least our church members will know what the basics of the gospel is. So when they go to the workplaces, whether it be a school teacher, whether it be a, a mechanic, whether it be a, 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 a student, mm-hmm. they know what the gospel is. So when they have an opportunity, at least they have the basics of the gospel. And he said, one of the reasons is today, is, is, he's passed away now, of course, but one of the reasons is because we are not teaching what the gospel is in our churches and preach that on a regular basis so that our members can know what's really the gospel. Well, I want to come back to that very point, but I just wanted to ask Kanan what he thought about that. I mean, you've heard Robert sort of sharing about why he thinks Christians are hesitant or slow or maybe a bit ashamed of sharing. As a young, you're the youngest Christian in the room right now. What do you reckon? Did you agree with that or make sense to you? I agree. Um, have you noticed, because you've, you've been street preaching for quite a while, is there a difference between the Christians now who are trying to share their faith versus the Christians who maybe when you first started uh, street preaching? What's the difference like in terms of uh, the culture or the people, um, the new Christians, I guess? Certainly there's a lot of difference when it comes to the methodology, as I said before. But we need to come back to the fact that the message of those 30 years ago who preached the gospel on the street or wherever the opportunity they have, and the message we have today has never changed. 
The way to do it, of course, will have to be different in terms of the methods. But we need to continue to be committed to knowing the simple gospel of Jesus. Yeah. And, and uh, take, if Ronji is, is comfortable with the open air and you're comfortable working with the students or even in this, using these methods, then I believe we, we can go ahead and, and, and be comfortable with that, but use that as a platform yeah. to share the love of Christ with people. That's cool. And that sort of leads into another question that I have. Um, is open air preaching effective today? It's a very good question, very, because when I was doing my studies, uh, I had to defend uh, the, the paper that I wrote on outdoor evangelism. Yep. The reason is because the German, two German professors in the school opposes that. They, they reckon it's no longer effective. My answer to that is this. Even though it is not effective in Germany, doesn't mean it's not effective in Africa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very good. Very Even though it's not effective in New Zealand, doesn't yeah. mean it's not effective in Samoa. Yeah. The reality is we take the methods and ask ourselves, would this fit into a Cuban context? Will this fit into a Fijian context? If it doesn't, then use the method that can easily. Now, one of the reasons why Ronji and I enjoy the opportunity at the Mangari flea market is because people still stop yep. and, and take the time to listen. And I guess it's a reflection of our people. Eh? We exactly. are very conversational people. The reflection also of the audience that we have. And, and there is a, an American school teacher who lives in the Bronx of New York that I read a few stuff. From. She's a great Sunday school teacher who said this, that if you're going to be an effective evangelist, pastor or teacher today, there are three important things that you need to know. One, know your stuff. Two, know who you're stuffing. And three, stuff them elegantly. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. And, and I believe that's important. That sure, we need to know the message and that it's important. But also know the people and you're right. Know the people at the flea market in Mangan. Know the people in Queen Street. Know, know your context. Yeah. You've got to know your context. Yeah. Yeah. Know the audience that you have at Uni Auckland University or the, or, the, or the Polytech. Understanding that will help us to try and use the method that can easily. It, it, if it comes to conversation, why not? If it comes to using of the sketchboard, as I said, the visual before, use that. If it is to do with a platform like Zoom and uh, you know other uh, multimedia uh, platforms, use that of course, but focus on that message of the gospel. Can I just add, Kenan? Uh, I think that's a great question. Is it effective? It and is I'm, a great question. And I haven't uh, done it as long as as Robert has, but in my short few years doing this kind of work, I've seen it absolutely effective. But I've also seen it to the point where, where people who do it need to remember one to be humble. Yep. Two, to be wise and discerning and loving. But I think three, to also know that our job is not to save anyone, yep. but our that's job good. is to point to the cross of the one that has. Yep. Yep. And I think that's the, and, and I've had, as Robert has and, and others have as well, hundreds of amazing conversations, sharing faith, um, to, uh, unpacking religion, unpacking cultural Christianity. Oh, awesome. yeah. And I think it is an absolutely um, valid form and method in today's world. So yeah, great. I'd really yeah. support what Robert was saying. Amen. Robert, I, just, I really want to come back to what you talked about with the churches. And I want to hit a little bit about the church in New Zealand. You, even though you're Mr. International, but COVID sort of stopped that, but you've served overseas, but you also serve in New Zealand. Do you think churches are effectively equipping the saints in order to be able to share the gospel? 
I, I must say this. There are churches who are doing it. But at the same time, also, majority of the churches have fallen into the trap of inward focusing in my perspective. And, and I'm not saying that there is nothing, that is, all of that is evil. What I'm saying is not, not only do we need to look within, but also realize that we have a, a society, we have a community that we need to make sure that our church proclaim the truth, proclaim the love of God. You know, and, and it saddens me at time that our focus has been so uh, inward that we fail to equip our people in a way that they can relate to our universities, relate mm. to our workers, relate to the teachers, relate to the students. And, and I believe that, um, and I also question at times um, why we're training people. And, and I get into trouble because I questioned that before in some circles. But I didn't ask the question to be a pain in the rightful place. I asked the question because when I look at Ephesians 4, the, 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 the four or the five, whatever way you want to believe, those giftings that, mm. that, that God, that Jesus Christ gave to the church, which is the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, pastor, teacher. And their primary calling is to equip the people of God for work of ministry. Sure. So my job is not to go and do it on my own. My job, first and foremost in my calling, is to equip you, equip other Christians to do it together with me. But unfortunately, at times, we have missed the point why we're not asking the question why we are trained. Maybe we're asking the questions, but our answer has leaning too far to the academic side of training sure. rather than saying, let's balance the academic with the, the, the practical side of this. Because I tell you what, not everybody's going to be convinced academically about there are people who are great in doing that. But there are others. Majority of the people that I met on the street don't care whether I'm a doctor or what, brother. The reality That's is right. they wanted to know that they are loved and cared for by God. And, and you see, you don't get that by having a university degree. You have that by being there and, and talking to them about the love of Christ and how he demonstrated that love at Calvary. And, and, and I believe the training needs to be done, but we need to ask the questions. Because I challenge a few of the of the, the training institutions. Don't here don't stop challenging them, Robert. <laughs> I've I've seen some of the churches that, that you got in trouble with. Don't stop. <laughs> and I challenged them, and I said, um, evangelism is better caught than taught. So mm. the only way that your students and our students today can be able to be excited about taking the gospel to where God is leading them is to give them an opportunity or, or have a practical component in our training. Because they need to translate what the classroom context is all about, which is nice and cozy, to, 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 the, to the shopping center of Otara or the flea market of Mangere or Evandale for that matter. Because that's entirely different. How they can translate that. And, and that's why I, I, I got into trouble for Well, don't <laughs> stop, brother. I think, look, brother, you are um, absolutely sharing some amazing insights, some amazing truth. If someone wants to know more, 
about how to share their faith and maybe some tips, um, some resources. Where can they go? Can you can you give us a couple of resources where believers can go, okay, this is a good teaching, this is a good podcast, or what are some yeah. of the things you can recommend? For us in Open Air Campaigners here in New Zealand, we have um, uh, a lot of resources that, that can help Christians, um, whether it be the you know, the, the using of a, a little booklet or using of an object lesson. What I mean by that is something that you can use as a, as a picture word. That's, a, that's what I was looking for. As a picture word so that people can see. Not only they will see, not only they will hear, but they see. So always see ministries have got a lot of that. Also, so we can just contact them yes. and then go online. And so check out the Open Air Campaigners or OAC website. Yep. We'll, we'll put that up online for you. Yep. Yep. That's, that's, uh, that's, and, and it's there and it's, uh, the resources are there. Um, and if you want to talk to people like myself, um, if, if, you know, whenever the borders will be open up, of course, and I'm praying that sometime soon, um, and I won't be around very much in, in the country. But if I'm in the country, there's also an opportunity just to have a chat or perhaps do what we do on a Saturday. Um, and I always do that to people. I said, instead of sitting to, on a training, why don't you come first and, 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 and join us? We're not going to force you to do anything. If you are happy and comfortable in just giving out a track and say, God bless you to people, that's a start. But we've got to give people an opportunity and perhaps some resources. And I notice nowadays that some of the young people that I've been working with, they love those object lessons because they get the people to engage with them. That's sure. the key word, is to get the people to engage with them, have fun with them, and then slowly weave in the message of the gospel as part of that. And, and a lot of young Christians today, they're happy with that. They're, they like that because it's not a... There are people who are just good and just going up to people and strike a conversation mm. and into the spiritual matters and the deep stuff. But there are others who just need some encouragement sure. uh, to help them. Also, there's a ministry, um, Living Waters of Ray Comfort. And, uh, a good and, Kiwi man, a good yes. Kiwi, yep, yep. And, and they, they have some fantastic resources um, that they can, that people can use. Um, in, and in fact, OAC and Ray's ministry has been, you know, sharing a lot of resources uh, in terms of providing for the, the Church of God an opportunity or, or resources for people to use. Robert, for those listeners or watchers that might not know, what's a gospel tract? What is that? It is really a booklet written. In, for example, it is the gospel in a nutshell, in a simple form. Written, for example, one of the favorite that I've always used is a booklet written by Billy Graham called Steps to Peace of God. And one of the reasons why I like it because it's got a lot of pictures. Our island people liked it a lot. And I noticed that they like it the, because they understand it more. That There's a lot of words that go together with it. But when they see the picture, they say, oh, so that's what And the pictures about. make sense. Hey? They're exactly. great pictures. Yeah. In there. Very simply done, but it, at least it, it helps people to say, well, that's the reason why you're not can, you're, you're not able to connect with God is because of the problem of sin mm. and because it's all been done of course in a in a picture way. So, and you and you use gospel tracks in your ministry? Yeah, a lot of times. Yeah, a lot we've of times. we've often encouraged a lot of young believers or maybe those who are a little bit worried about about sharing their faith. If the least you can do is even give a tract, give a gospel tract, and maybe that, and say, "Oh, have a read of this, and let's talk about it. Let's have coffee next week." Yep. Hey, yep. just again, we like Robert said, not everyone is going to be a black belt ninja Christian like Canaan that can go up to anyone <laughs> and talk about Christ. But 
everyone can give a gospel track, eh? Of course. Have you ever used gospel tracks before, Keenan? Nah, never. Yeah, We've I, got a whole bunch for you, brother, that we're happy to share with you. Even if you're listening or watching, we're happy to send you some yeah. from um, OAC and from Living Waters. But these are great resources that we can, and I, I think the body of Christ needs to use more. And I think it's important also for me to add this, Ranji. Never underestimate the power of God to use a track. That's right. Uh, here's, here's a very quick testimony, very quick. A lady some years ago rang our OSC office. And OSC has a, a children's booklet called God's Way to Everlasting Life. Her son attended a school with a program that OSC was running, after-school program. Got that booklet given by, to him by one of our OSC team. He put it inside his pocket. Now, his mother, of course, was a, uh, was a Christian, and then she drifted away. Now, uh, she was washing his son's clothes when she discovered, she checked the pocket and saw this booklet. She looked at the title and straight away, and I really believe that this is God working, looked at it, God's way to everlasting life, and straight away in her mind, I'm going to miss that in, in everlasting life if I don't get back online with God. So she read the booklet, knelt down in her bathroom, uh, washroom, Gave, recommitted her life to Jesus Christ. Two weeks later, called OAC because our address was at the back and said, can you please direct me to a church in the area, which is in the North Shore, in the area where I am. I've just read the booklet called God's Way to Everlasting Life. You see, none of our staff know who gave the booklet to that little boy. But the point I'm trying to make is never underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit of God to work in using a booklet because sometimes God can prompt people to pull it out, read it at a time when it's really right and ripe for them to come to Christ. I love what um, Abraham um, from 513 Ministries here in, in, in New Zealand and Auckland uh, he calls gospel tracks paper missionaries yes, because they can go to places that we can't go, like exactly. that lady's pocket. And, and when we, every time we've given, we've finished a, a session on the street, we pray that God will divinely use those paper missionaries in people's pockets and people's bags like that. Yes. And I've read so many testimonies of how God's used those paper missionaries to lead people to himself Amen. for his glory. Brother, Unashamed of the gospel, being out there on the street, it sounds like it's a lot of fun. Have there been any bad experiences that have happened there on the street? Just going to say that, yeah. 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 You, mu you must have to have thick skin for the street ministry, yeah. Of course. Oh, there, is, there, there are certainly challenges. Um, and, and I think uh, people who uh, do street evangelism or any form of evangelism need to have to expect the type, not that you are looking for something bad to happen. But the reality is, um, you know, the enemy of our soul, the devil, hates what we are doing. That's no right. doubt about that. And he will do absolutely everything to oppose what we are doing. Um, but praise God, we are on the victorious side. Now, for me, I've had a lot of experience when I first came into OAC here in New Zealand, uh, two years we were doing open evangelism in Otara. And in those days, uh, lots of gangs. And oh, that's we, still like today, Robert. It's still like today, isn't it? Anyway, <laughs> lots uh, we, we love Otara in this podcast. Don't worry. Yeah. We, we, and and we, had a, we had a team, a Samoan musical team called the Hallelujahs. Now, uh, and those guys, they came and they sang... Uh, for us, I was doing the open air meeting because one of the guys uh, in our team wasn't well, so I did. I took his place. 
went with the, the, the Samoan group and some of them are in the churches here like Afa Moesengi of course with the brethren in, in, um, in Mangere yep. uh, yeah, all those guys Etikapis and all, all you know, they're, they're, they're great guys so when in a, anyway at this particular time he, they finished they left and my job was to tow the caravan we used to park it at Otahuhu Baptist um, so while I was ready to drive out uh, you know, there was a guy who knocked on the window of my car and then I wandered down and I opened the door, I got out and it was, he was a gang member uh, and, and uh, he said, what are you doing here? I said, I, we have just finished an open air meeting. He got very, very aggressive, upset that we are doing open air meeting in his patch and uh, we didn't ask for permission, mm. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, pushing me around and I said, sir, just calm down. I have a permit to do this, so I pulled out my permit, showed it to him. He took the permit, screwed up, and ate it. And, and oh I thought, gosh. oh, this is not going to be uh, <laughs> nice if I continue this conversation. So I said to him, thank you very much for your time, sir. And uh, But he just uh, continued to threaten me. So there are times like that uh, where you're threatened by people. And, and you know, there are times... At Auckland Uni, one time I, I took some YWAM students to train them on open evangelism, and this lady came, stood in front of me. YWAMers were watching. This guy is going to show them how to do open evangelism using the sketchboard. This lady came, stood right in front of me, just and spat on my face and walked away. Wow. Now, uh, you can go after her. But you didn't spit back, no. right? Okay, that's can go, just to the listeners. Can, just you can here. do a, a laying on of hands ministry. <laughs> <laughs> I was tempted, to be honest with you, um, but one of the YWAMers was good enough to go after her and just having a chat why she did that. Yep. But a lot of people have different reaction. Mm. So those are the times. There are times that you go out and nothing happens. Yep. There are times that you go out and... Uh, and everything <laughs> happens. <laughs> and it's all on. Yeah. Uh, so there's certainly some challenging times. Of, but amazingly, in, in those times when, when you think... That, oh, and, and, and I remember coming back home and I said to Liza uh, that evening when that guy threatened me, I said, that's it. I'm not going to do this ever again. This is too difficult. Wow. This is too rough. Man. But the next following day, you realize, hey, this is your calling. You, you're here because God called you uh, to do this. Um, so, uh, you know, though that there are times, and, and there are times you go out and it's just a sowing seed and you see very few responses. But we continue to do it, of course. Robert, how important is prayer in all of this? I can imagine there's the physical stuff and you know, there might be uh, uh, words and swearing and, and sometimes physical attack. So it's definitely not for people that have anger problems like Canaan, right? <laughs> you, you need to be someone who's patient and kind like myself and loving um, and compassionate. But, you know, th there's that physical stuff. But I can just imagine the spiritual battle. Eh? And, a lot, yeah, and, absolutely. Paul, and Paul talks about the fact that we're waging not against our flesh and blood. Eh? Yeah. So how important is prayer and prayer support in the work that you're doing? Absolutely important. Absolutely important we, we, we got to realize that as i said before satan hates anything to do with the gospel of christ because he knows that people will come to the light and and experience and see and know that light and he will do absolutely everything that's where our the the, the prayer support the people who um may not come with you 
but they will pray for you. Okay. At the same time, also, those of us who are going out need to realize that prayer is the key that will, that, that will bring that breakthrough, of course, because this is, it, it is a spiritual battle. It is a spiritual. Robert, battle. would you recommend people to go out publicly on their own, or would you pref- would you recommend that they go out in groups? Uh, I, I prefer that they go out in groups, to be perfectly honest. But there are times I have done it on my own, uh, many, many, many times, um, because it's either the team uh, were not ready to come, or uh, I just decided to, you know, go down to the to the shopping mall and and uh, share the gospel with people. But it's always encouraging. Mm. to have another person. Maybe it's just a new Christian, um, like the gentleman that I'm working with at, at the present time. Very young, very new, but he's, got his, he's very keen to be involved. Um, sure. So I recommend that. So if you have a team of people going with you, it's always encouraging to know that there's another brother doing the same thing with you and in partnership with you. Um, but there are times... Um, you have no one else to go with you. So sure. I just say, Lord, you know, God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, plus millions of angels are behind me, so I'm going to go. And uh, Well, Canaan wants to go to all of your trips, right, Canaan? Yeah, it's, it's right, yeah. Yes, yeah, right. yeah, there's a pretty bit of a slow yes, but yeah. <laughs> Robert, um, when it comes uh, to, to this work and to this ministry unto the Lord, if someone's listening or watching and they... And, and, and they interested or maybe even some of them might feel called to this kind of uh, important work what would you say to them what would what would be an encouragement or maybe some some guidance that you might give to a christian with a young christian or they've been a believer for many many years but they've been really challenged by some of the things that you're saying what would you say to them my encouragement is is to it's to encourage them to connect with people who are doing it right now. People like like yourself and people like uh, Abraham, Abraham as well, yep. and and myself. And there are others as well who are doing this, because if they if they do it on their own and get and they will get opposition, they might get discouraged. But if they get opposition in a group, they will know, hey, I'm not here alone. Um, there are people who who are doing it. I I have met Christians who are just young in the Lord. And, and they have tremendous courage, and they're still doing it, of course, even though they have a knock, uh, uh, quite a lot of knockbacks, of course, but they're still doing it. But my encouragement is, is, is to find a group that they can say, ring up and say, hey, can I come and join you guys? Mm. I'm sure. I always welcome people who call me to say, can I come and join you and go out with you? And uh, you know, I say, well, you're more than welcome. We can meet here at a certain time. Well, family, if you want to connect to some of those ministries that Robert's talked about, those groups uh, that are doing this kind of ministry unto the Lord, then uh, we'll put up some of those links online. Uh, and then uh, please feel free to, t- to connect us. I've always wondered this, Robert. I've been out there in the street a couple of times, and I've seen some people that I don't believe should be on the street. And I think the things that they're saying... Uh, and uh, don't line up with the word of God, the unbiblical. Have sure. you seen that? And if yes, what do you think? What would be your response to them? Um, I admire the fact that they're keen enough to get out there and 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 thank God for that. Uh, I believe it's important for us to to encourage them, and, and but some of them, to be perfectly honest, they they are not teachable, mm. and that may be rough for me to say that. But I've come across guys who. They are full of enthusiasm, but very little wisdom. There are times, if people say no to you, then respect that. 
Um, and, and, and I say to quite a few people, you've got to respect people. If they're not interested, just say thank you very much, have a nice day, and, and, and move on. And, and there are those, of course, who say some stuff in the open air that's not biblically based. The, to me, that's boiled down to the fact we need to encourage them to, to, or, or give them some training. That's the least. training, the teaching yeah. that you're talking the about. The teaching yep. and the training that's it's important for them to be part of because it will not only that they need to be keen in sharing the gospel, they need to make sure they know the basics of the gospel. Um, and, and, and I believe that's what John Stott was simply saying. Now, the thing that really challenged me at times, I have met uh, also, and this is a point perhaps you can pick it up in, in another time, but let me mention this quickly. There are Islamic evangelists working right now in this country. Yep, they're in I've the met, markets. We've yep. seen them in the marketplaces. Yep. Uh, and, and one thing that impresses me, I watched them one day when I was on my own in, in Mangare, and I saw two of them. Um, and, and, and I just went and stand uh, pretending that I'm not listening and hear what they were saying. Um, one thing that impressed me is that they know exactly what they're talking about. Two, they're very, very passionate about what they're talking about. Mm. And, and to me, um, that's, that's needed also to be encouraged amongst us who are Christians. Number one is to know the basics of the gospel, and that can only come by providing some training that will help these dear brothers and sisters in Christ who are keen, but they need to know the basics of the gospel. And also be passionate mm. um, because, and I, I look at this too, you know, um, Islamic evangelists, and I thought they're just young people, but they really was committed to the task of convincing and, and this is interesting, they never target Europeans. I've watched them in the markets quite a few times. They target our Pacific Island people. I asked one of them one day, this is in, in Avondale Market, and I asked him, why are you, you focusing on Pacific Island people? And the answer was quite telling. And he said, because they're religious and easy to convince. Wow. That's interesting, huh? They're religious and easier to convince. Yeah, look, that's a huge challenge in terms of our people. Yeah, yeah, a lot. It's a, yeah, well, and I think uh, coming back to your point about John Stott, he, the love. Hey, do yeah. we really love this this person of Christ that we're talking about? And if we do, then there would be a zeal to go out and be passionate yeah. about the one. You know, I love my wife. I love telling people about my wife because I absolutely love who she is. So, even more so with Jesus Christ. Yeah, amen. Very challenging, brother. Brother, we, you've talked a lot about OAC and, and the public um, uh, uh, ministry and preaching. Just just near the end of our podcast, just could you mention some of the other ministries that you work with? Because I know you're not just working with OAC, but um, uh, walk, walk Through the Bible. Could yep. you tell us walk a little bit about who that is? The Walk Through the Bible ministry is, is a ministry specifically... Uh, uh, teaching Christians the overview of the Bible, to see the Bible as a total picture, not just a, 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 a snippet here and a little clip here, and, and find we find it very difficult to join the pieces together. But Walk Through the Bible is a, a ministry that helps people to see the Bible as a total picture and fall in love with, with the Bible, which is the Word of God. The Bible does not contain the Word of God. The Bible is the yeah, Word of God. Amen. And it's important that we see the Bible not as one piece or two pieces or ten pieces or hundred pieces, but it's a total overall thing that the, 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 the Old Testament 
is the foundation for the new. The new revealed what is in the Old That's Testament. Right. So walks through the Bible is there. But not only that, walks through the Bible also provide um, teachings on, on, on biblical characters such as Joseph and Mary and Peter, all those characters. But it's a very active training. You're not yep. just sitting on your bum the whole time. Very much You're so. moving around. Yeah, can you tell yeah. us what it looks like? It's, it's very much like a, uh, 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 it, it's very animated. It's and almost like a Christian Zumba because <laughs> you're constantly moving around. Eh? That's right. It is, and it's absolutely important that um, that people begin to connect. Uh, no, uh, Malachi from that's Matthew, right. Genesis from Matthew, all of that, and why, and see the Bible. And so that's one ministry that we are involved with, or we're teaching that as well. Kenan, you've been through Walk Through the Bible before? Yeah, yeah, we did it about five, six years ago, I think. The Old Testament? So there's the Old Testament and the New Testament, Robert. Correct. Yep. I've been through the Old Testament about three times. I still struggle to remember it, but I'm trying my best. You did the Old Testament? Yeah, I get tired about halfway through. So. Is that because you know, of the Zumba, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, well, that's about the other physical training, <laughs> eh? Um, so that's important. So there's, there's walk through the Bible is a key ministry. Is, other uh, ministries you're working with, Robert? Uh, apart from that, uh, these are the, the, the two, the OAC ministries and walk through the Bible, the two ministries that I'm involved with directly in terms of um, uh, uh, God's calling for us. But I'm also involved with uh, other ministries overseas, um, such as um, um, the evangelistic movement that came out of the, of the Lausanne uh, Oh, yeah, movement. the Congress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Congress. And, and that ministry is specifically working to train the local leaders, such as pastors and evangelists in Africa, in Eurasia, in, um, in, in the Caribbean, in places like Cuba. So they see, uh, it's, it's not directed by OAC or Walks of the Bible, but I, they see OAC and Walks of the Bible as important in what they're doing because OAC can train them and bring them the resources uh, evangelistically but at the same time, also they realize that walks of the Bible can provide the the, the, the strong biblical mm. foundation for the faith of this new. But it's it's as a well. can look. Can I just give a plug for walk through the Bible? It's fun. It is. Hey, it's a lot of fun. You're moving around. You get a good picture of the kings of Israel, the kings of Judah. Um, you, you you just understand the minor prophets more. I, I would really encourage listeners there uh, for you guys and your churches to contact walk through the Bible. Um, Robert, you're part. You're still part of the team. You're still one yep, of the facilitators. Yep. Um, well, I've become the team leader by default uh, <laughs> because the other people left, and uh, I was given the because I didn't turn up at the conference. They said that's a punishment. Yep, that's, uh, yeah, that's the rules. You eh, the if you if you're the one that's not there, we nominate you. But man, absolutely encourage you, family, if you guys want to. Connect to walk through the Bible. It's an amazing ministry, and um, and it's really important. And also, you're still involved with your local church. Yes, That's very important. much so. Yep. I, I really believe that the local church is absolutely important. And our local church at Onehanga Bible Fellowship uh, provides the support, the, the prayer backing, the financial support in terms of what we're doing. It's it's fantastic to have a local church who is. And, and I, I strongly believe that uh, the key to reach uh, to, uh, uh, the key to reach our society, our communities, is our local church. Amen. And if we can encourage the, the Christians in those local churches to find an opportunity, uh, I'm sure that uh, because always see and, and walk to the Bible are not local churches. Mm. They are not churches. They're just Christian ministry or the word the parachurch, parachurch organizations, yep. uh, organizations, of course that. 
you know, that help and work alongside the local church. I absolutely agree with you on the importance of the local church and local communities to be salt and light in our communities. So, um, and so your church is in Onihanga. So again, if people are, are looking for a good local church in that area, what's the address, Robert? The address is number one, Inkerman Street. Uh, that's service times? Service times start. We start, we have one service, a Sunday that starts at 10.30 in the morning. Uh, we also live stream uh, that service. Uh, so that people who've been um, a little bit fearful about turning up because of COVID-19 can still receive ministry, of course. Plus, we have church members who have gone to Australia and got stuck and not being able to come back, waiting for the lockdown to be free wow. <laughs> before they before they return to New Zealand. Otherwise, they'll give the government three thousand bucks for here we go Tith- tithing to the government again, <laughs> Robert. Speaking about the government, this is probably one of my last official questions. Um, there's hate speech laws that this government is talking about doing. Uh, we've already seen some cases in Whangarei and other parts of New Zealand where street preachers, I don't know how biblical they are, but where street preachers have been moved on or shut down by uh, different officials. What's your feel about where our country is heading when it comes to not just street preaching, but where, in terms of Christianity in general? I mean, that's a, I know that's a big question, but you've talked about these very aggressive um, and active um, uh, Islamic evangelists eh, who are targeting Pacific people, yes. which I find that's one of the most profound statements I've heard today um, because they're easier to convert. But you've also seen real changes in our country when it comes to Christianity and and the approach to Christianity and to, to, to street preaching. What's your sense of, as a church leader, of where we are as a country in terms of the Bible, of Christianity, and of street preaching? Uh, I must say that we have certainly moved where we, where, where we used to be. Hmm. There was a time, of course, where... In this country, you 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 can preach the gospel, whether it be in Queen Street or at the flea market, and and you'll find that a lot of people um, they don't mind that. But slowly now, with uh, the assistance of perhaps regulations from the government authorities, has made things a little bit more of a challenge. Um, in saying that, also I know that there are. Christians who sometimes they have a lot of enthusiasm but very little wisdom. If I'm in a shopping center that is privately controlled, mm. I don't go ahead and, 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 and preach as if that I am a law to myself. You know, I'll just get to the area where I know, and, and there are shopping centers like that here in, in, in New Zealand where either Westfield or privately owned shopping mall and I don't go ahead I just uh, use wisdom and instead of doing preaching I just go and sit alongside people and have a conversation awesome awesome and uh, I have found that working whether it be Silver Park or Monaco City and 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 a lot of security guys they they have seen me doing that but I don't preach and be uh, in people's you know, faces yeah, and in people's yeah, faces sure. and, and make things a lot difficult so uh, they, they didn't bother me very much. I, I just say, well, I'm having a chat with this person who is willing. And, and, but there are times, if, for example, in Otahuhu, I was told by a security guard to move away. They called the police on me. 
um, and the the they, the police find out that I have the right to be there because of the who bus stop is a public, public place. Public place, sure. Yeah, and uh, and I'm not preaching to be a nuisance to the bus stop. And and the students I was talking with, um, they're happy to have me. Mm. Um, they said, "Oh, he's he's fine. He's not threatening us. He's talking about you know the gospel of Christ." And so the police just left me alone. Um, and and I find that there are times that. I go out, and if 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 you know that it's you are at someone else's property, be wise and just uh, just do one-to-one evangelism and have a chat with people. If I have an opportunity, for example, in Queen Street, there's a lot of places in Queen Street on Saturday night where I can set up the board and and share the gospel uh, without any any problem. Of course, the same thing in in Bangladesh. and and uh, at Bangladesh Flea Market, it's been really good because when you have a good relationship with the vendors right. who paid themselves to be there, sometimes I pay if I'm going to set up my board another uh, table for the tracks and. But now I know the security, of course, and, and they're keen to have me there. So it's a matter of being wise. But certainly there are regulations today. Someone challenged me at the last time I was in, Man- in Mangare and, and, and said, it, it's a Christian guy. Uh, oh, I hope he's a Christian. Um, he said to me, what are you going to do when they bring in the law of not, you're not allowed to convert people? I said, I don't have a problem with that because my job is to go not to convert people. <laughs> Very good. I, I, my, jo- my job is to share the gospel. Is it the job of the Holy Spirit to convert people? And, and good luck on you if you want to go against the Holy Spirit of God. You are fighting a loose battle, whether it be government, whether it be the PM in respect to her or any government authority. No one is going to stop Jesus Christ from building his church. Absolutely no one. And it doesn't matter who it is. Amen. You can have the powers in the world and the popularity in the world and the law behind you, but the church of Jesus Christ will continue to grow because it's not about Robert, it's not about open-air campaigners, it's about Jesus Christ who continue to work in people's lives. Even though they will shut us down, Jesus will still continue to build his church. Family, uh, on that amazing note, uh, I think we've come to the end of our show. Praise the Lord. Um, Family, I hope you've really been challenged and encouraged and even inspired today in hearing some of the story of a dear brother, uh, Dr. Robert Siakimotu. Uh, We'll put down the ways uh, that people can connect with you, Robert, in the ministries that he's talked about in the church. We'll put them online uh, when this uh, episode uh, airs. Uh, and um, and make sure that people know about the training sessions and the opportunities um, that we have. Kanan, can I ask you what you thought about um, the sharing from our brother today? It was really good. I really enjoyed hearing your perspective as someone who's on the street constantly. Um, it's not often that we get to have conversations about open air preaching away from the street, if you know what I mean. Yep. You know, we, we approach people on the street. But um, yeah, it's great. Well, praise the Lord. Look, um, I always remember one of the first pieces of advice uh, you gave me as a university student in open in uh, street preaching. He, uh, you said to me, and I always remember. You said, "Make sure your teeth doesn't, your breath doesn't stink." Always <laughs> <laughs> there, and uh, so hopefully my breath doesn't stink today. And um, Kenan, there's a bit of questions there, question marks there. I think you need to take that advice. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Well, it's been a long day, Kenan. It's been a long day. Uh, but look, I just want to um, quickly thank uh, Kenan, um, brother Kenan. Canaan for Amen. the tech stuff, a real blessing. Canaan owns a videography business, um, and so please check him online to uh, check out the amazing talent that he has. I want to quickly thank um, our brother Emangi for the music and the ability to use his music. 
Look, uh, family, if there's things today that you want to discuss more, or if you have questions, uh, please hit us up on email and the other normal social media platforms. We'd love to hear from you. If you have hate mail, uh, please send them straight to OAC Ministries and to Robert. Uh, but if you have encouraging mail, uh, please send them to me and Canaan. But um, Robert, we'd like uh, to leave um, the last word to our guest uh, and, um, and, and, and give you the closing word. And so, brother, you have shared absolutely amazingly and passionately and, um, and very wisely today. And so personally from me as a, as a younger brother, um, God bless you and thank you very much for your service thank unto you. the Lord. You have inspired me uh, for basically the whole of my Christian journey in the over 20 years that I've served the Lord. And I hope that those that are listening and watching and, and, um, and young puppies like Canaan uh, can be in encouraged and challenged and informed about uh, the importance and the responsibility of sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, to the future generations of of the body of Christ. But brother, I'd leave you uh, the last word. Is there a last encouragement or challenge or information that you want to give to those who are listening or watching? My, my encouragement really is what I mentioned before in terms of our love for Christ. Um, and the reason for that is because uh, he loved us first. Um, and out of, out of that love of, of God in us, we can have the motivation to be able to love other people and do what we can to be able to uh, share that message of hope that message of grace and mercy in Christ Jesus with, with, with the people. So if we love the Lord, um, just continue to share that. May, maybe for some people it's just a start, starting uh, in terms of this journey. Um, but whatever the opportunities that you have, um, make sure that you leave Christ with them. Um, not religion, not church, not anything else, but leave Christ with them because it is Jesus Christ that will make a huge difference in many, many people's lives. Whether you have a massive platform to work from or just one person, awesome. uh, to have that opportunity to share the gospel with people, we do it out of our love for him. Awesome. Well, again, family from the Fresh Truth uh, family, uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much again, uh, Brother Robert. Um, and uh, if you please uh, stay engaged, hit us up on social media. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and again, I love, and you quoted it from the start, Romans 1 verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew and then to the Greek. We encourage you, we challenge you that if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, we pray that you would be unashamed of the gospel. In Jesus' name, Amen. Depending on my makeup, I decrease, you increase Your eardrums hear the frequency of the conflict zone when you enter Even when the table's turn and the faith of the trust is in control Hey, love what I never died to flesh on a daily, daily